This program is a production of St. James Church, a United Methodist faith community on the west end of Alexandria, Virginia. Welcome to today's show. Today I want to take up thinking together about how blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be satisfied. When I think about this beatitude and a question rose from this particular beatitude about how we grow into this attitude as the attitude we actually live and adopt as a way of living here, here. How do we make this practical in our daily lives? Because if we're being honest, righteousness sounds challenging. How are we meant to be righteous? What is righteousness? Here's how I like to think about righteousness. Righteousness is about right relationship with. Right relationship with God, right relationship with our neighbors, right relationship with the planet, with all of our fellow creatures. Now, as a tool for getting at righteousness, we've put into effect laws rules, norms that are meant to help us get along with, to be in right relationship with. You might think about the Ten Commandments. Certainly, if we want to be in a right relationship with our neighbor, perhaps we ought not to steal from them, kill them, lie about them, or want what they have. Just to name a few. If we want to be in right relationship within our family, perhaps we ought to honor our parents. If we want to be in right relationship with God, we might want to be careful about the language we use in describing God, ascribing God's will to things that may or may not have anything to do with God's will, making images that we imagine could ever hold the true mystery of who God is. Those are the reasons we have those rules. We don't have the rules as an end in themselves, they're meant to help us maintain a right relationship with others, to care for others. But what about if my way of viewing a right relationship is different from the way you view a right relationship with? One of the questions that emerged after I talked about this particular passage on, in a sermon was what about when someone else's idea of a right relationship is seemingly to me about hate as opposed to love? How could that possibly be 
a right relationship? How am I supposed to maintain a relationship vis-a-vis -vis the other if their understanding of what relationship is is not even the same as mine? Well, that's complex. It's not an easy answer. The best answer I can give you if you want to develop that deep sense of hunger and thirst, that primal need to make our relationships right, is to trust in the choices we're making about loving the other, even if the other's response to us is something other than love from our perspective, at least. It, we don't have time enough in a 10-minute podcast to really dig as deeply as we might like to in that. But I like to think of it this way. We live in community whether we want to admit that or not. And as a part of a community, my call, the call that's placed on my life, is to reflect the gift I have in a way that honors not only the gift itself, but those who will receive the gift from me. And the gift that we are all meant to manifest is love. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. So loving the neighbor, in my mind, creates a ripple, a ripple that goes out. We can't control the response of the other to our loving ripple any more than the other can control our response to the ripple they put in the water. Now imagine for a moment the other is putting what you perceive to be, what I might perceive to be, a hateful ripple in the water. I can choose to react to the hateful ripple in a hateful way. And we just amplify one another in hatefulness. And I don't think that that adds anything to being in right relationship with the neighbor. However, if what I perceive to be a hateful ripple is sent in my direction, I can choose instead to respond as lovingly as I know how. I still don't control how it will be received. There, the other may still choose to put more hateful ripples in the water, in the, in the spiritual air that surrounds us into the environment. And we keep putting the loving ripples in the water. It means we're called to stand up for what matters to us, for issues that are important, for inclusion of all people, for loving all people. And if the other does not respond in a way we anticipate, we keep putting the ripples into the water. There is no way to force the other to truly be loving.
but perhaps by trying to act in a way that is right, as we understand it, toward the other, kind and loving. I like, I like when I think of my Buddhist siblings who have three measures for right speech as a way of measuring, if you want to put it out. Thich Nhat Hanh wrote about this. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? If it passes all three of those tests, then certainly we can say it and do it. But if not, we don't. The complexity of figuring out how to be in right relationship with God, with ourselves, with others, with all others, whether they're human or not, whether the other that is our planet and the universe in which we live, the care of creation, each of us has to take in what is given us, what we see, what we experience as love, and then we get to choose how we will respond to be in right relationship. It takes two, as I'm reminded, for a relationship to work out. And sometimes the other is not as interested, or perhaps not interested at all, in being in a right relationship. Each of us, from our own perspective, can choose to still act in a way that is as loving and honoring to relationships as they are as possible. That may not be the full response that might be hoped for, but in a world that seems to be so divided, we are called to stand, to love, and to hunger and thirst and grow in that hunger and thirst to make a difference using the gift of what we are, of who we are in this world. That's my thought today. I wish you the best in the coming week. Until next time.